Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Backstage With, the podcast that takes you behind the scenes with your favourite actors and creatives in the world of musical theatre. I'm Mikey Worrell. Today we're going backstage with Lucy May Barker, who's currently playing Sophie in Mamma Mia at the Novello Theatre in the West End. Lucy's been playing the role on the UK and international tour for the last three years before she joined the show in town. The show's currently celebrating its 20th anniversary this month, making it one of the longest running productions in London theatre history. Here's our conversation. Lucy May Barker, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. Buzzing that I'm actually on a podcast because I listen to so many of them. (laughs) This is really cute. Super cute, right? Welcome to your Mamma Mia dressing room home. (laughs) I feel like I'm getting the whole experience. I've got the Mamma Mia mug, you're in the hoodie. Yeah. Kind of want one myself. Fully on brand. It's super homely in this theatre and this dressing room I share with Charlotte O'Rourke and Leah St. Luce, who play Lisa and Ali. And yeah, it's just this theatre's a super small, cosy theatre, especially backstage. So it really helps that we've got a cosy little space and it's. It's great that we get on, because if we didn't, that'd be horrible, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, because you are close together at this Super table. close! I have to ask you, did your parents name you in a deliberate reference to Sweeney Todd, or was that just... Right, how ridiculous. And Did you ever watch a TV programme called My Parents Are Aliens? Yes. Lucy, Lucy oh, Barker, yes. right? Like, what are the chances? And they absolutely didn't. No, no musical theatre whatsoever in the family before me, so... Happy accident. Well, it worked out. I know, hilarious. <laughs> Literally, people used to say that all the time at Stage Door. They were like, oh, did you know that? I was like, yeah. Oh, God, this has become one of that really annoying things. <laughs> Do you know what? It's, it's, it's totally fine. It's a brilliant, brilliant stagey coincidence. Love it. <laughs> You've been doing the show on the road the last couple of years, uh-huh. and now you're here. Yeah. Was this meant to happen? How did you end up playing Sophie in town? It feels, I mean, to me, it feels a little cosmic. At the end of the international tour... So that was like my third year with the show. I totally had made peace with the fact that that was my final year. I was kind of, you know, ready to move on. And it just, I thought I was going to be an absolute mess on the last night because it's so, it means so much to me, the show. So much has happened from when I started the show, when I kind of, got the job back in like 2015 was I think when I got the when I got the job so yeah it's been this huge huge chunk of my life like so formative I'm I would say I'm a totally different person to who I was when I started you know it's it's huge it's a massive big deal oh he agrees um <laughs> so I kind of was totally at peace with it and then a week after we got back from Hong Kong or I think it was like a week or two weeks they were like uh yeah um Sophie in London has become available. Could you uh, could you come in for a sing through? And I was like, um, yeah, okay, yeah, fine, great, yeah, please, thanks very much, yeah. Uh, see you in five minutes. So, yeah, it's it's one of those things. I think a lot of the people in this building kind of go, once you fall in love with Mamma Mia, once you do the job, you kind of never really leave. It's always a part of you because it's you know it's been here for twenty years. Lo- so many people have it's a massive part of their lives. So I'm super super happy to be here. It's absolute cherry 
on top of a you know perfect mamma mia life that I've had that I definitely didn't expect so yeah amazing when you get that call you talked about how you kind of made peace with it yeah were you already thinking okay what is next and then that sort of that call kind of puts that to rest yeah I, I'd had a couple of auditions and it's one of those things it's kind of tough it was tougher for us because we because the last part of the tour was an international tour so you, you kind of can't really audition because stuff's when you're on a UK tour it's you know expensive but you can get back from places and you travel hours and hours buses and coaches and in cars to get to that audition when you have 10 minutes if that so there is that which is kind of you can potentially line something up when you're in the UK um but yeah it was impossible for us a lot on the international tour so got home me and Philip, my fiance, who played Sky for three years, we've just bought a house and well, we bought the house before the international tour. So we, and then we kind of went off on tour, so we couldn't really live in it. So we'd literally, I was just so looking forward to getting in the house, doing the little bits of decorating and renovations and things that we have planned. And I was kind of just going to focus on that for a while. And you know, when the auditions came up, it was you know going to be a nice thing. It wasn't that desperate thing that you can sometimes have when you finish a job and you go oh my god I immediately have to get another job it was kind of felt relaxed and chilled and I think maybe who knows what could have been next I'm just I'm so happy I'm so happy that it was this and that I get to do a job that I know really well whilst also now being at home in our house the show obviously means a lot to you what have been sort of your highlights of your Mamma Mia story so far Wow, my gosh. So I realise that's a big question. Yeah, like <laughs> massive question. Have you got three and a half hours? Um, I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, great. <laughs> oh, my gosh. One of the big highlights was Judy Kramer and Katherine Johnson were at our opening night in Bristol. And that was huge for me because I know Catherine hadn't seen the show for years before that night in Bristol. And that was huge for me. And the fact that Judy came as well to meet Judy like right at the very start of my Mamma Mia journey. That was amazing. That was majorly starstruck. Oh my God, this woman has created this absolute empire. How amazing to meet her. And that's going to be kind of even more special to see her again you know we have a party for the 20th anniversary and it's going to be amazing to see her again then and it's, it's you know so much has changed this show that she created has completely and utterly changed my life and altered the direction of my life 100% without it I probably wouldn't have met Philip or you know I wouldn't have my house and these huge big life-changing events as a result of the thing that she's created. So that's super special. I've not seen her since I oh first God. met her. So I, she did send me and Philip a lovely bottle of champagne when we got engaged. That was gorgeous. So she does, I think, know about She's responsible. You know, she's totally responsible. Thank you, Judy. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, obviously meeting Philip, a massive highlight. Um, being back at this theatre, which is where I kind of started my career, like 10 years later, Massive highlight. Yeah, lots of um, pinch me, like, sounds really cliched, but it totally isn't, and it totally is my life. And there'll be yeah. more. It's the 20th anniversary. That, that It's rare again, that, that the show yeah, gets massive. to that point, isn't it? So huge. And I'm, like, a huge fan of the show, like, <laughs> if you can't already tell. I think it gives normal people a chance to completely and utterly just escape the rubbish stuff that goes on in the you know real world and we had a review back in Bristol and a lady wrote Mamma Mia should be available on the NHS 
and that literally sums up how I feel about the show. I just think you can't not enjoy it. I, I just think it's such easy entertainment. You it's know, heart me- healthy. Yeah, man, like <laughs> super hot. <laughs> and Mamma Mia a day keeps the doctor away. Um, they should put that on the market. I think so, yeah. <laughs> Copyright me. <laughs> it's really interesting as well when you think about the big shows that reach that 20-year milestone, like Phantom, Les Mis, Lion King. Yeah. This is like the first sort of big feminist show to yeah. get there, isn't it? Oh my gosh, yeah. It's also, correct me if I'm wrong, but it feels like it kind of weirdly is a almost a period piece now because it's kind of very kind of 90s based-ish. Yeah. But I think the show has moved on and there's lots of kind of very current references in the show that, you know, it keeps it up to date. So I'd kind of argue maybe that it's the first kind of like real like modern show to reach that milestone and that feels massive it's you know it's it's certainly not a period piece such as like Les Mis and Phantom and all of that and I think yeah that that really is such a testament to the show it's such a it's such a huge testament and the fact that it's not only in London but literally around the world it's been so many productions and not just the international tour but the the versions, you know, the own country's versions of the show. It's just, you know, it's like hugely, hugely. Hi, Charlotte! Hello. Dressing room buddy! Making a noise! <laughs> Can we talk about Annie? Yes, let's talk about Annie! Like, because that was your, that was the beginning of Lucy May Barker, right? Yeah, the beginning. I love that, the beginning of Lucy May Barker. You said that you were the first sort of musical theatreite in your family. Yeah. Did you just say, Mum and Dad, I want to do that? Kind of. My. My granddad, Don, he's kind of very musical. He played the accordion, but never in a kind of musical theatre sense. I think it was mostly just like in the pub on a Saturday night. But yeah, musical theatre-wise, definitely. My mum and dad, I don't think... I think they did see a musical before I was born. I think the first musical that they ever saw was Starlight Express. I think they won tickets for it in a raffle or something. So they were kind of you know, forced to go. It wasn't like it was their choice necessarily. And I would say that, yeah, I'm responsible for probably quite a lot of my family now seeing and enjoying musical theatre. I just went, I loved it. I don't know, I think I was just a bit, you know, animated as a kid. And my mum said, oh, you know, you should maybe have a look at some hobbies, little after school clubs, things like that. And I went to Stagecoach. And then, yeah, off the back of that, went to, there was open auditions at, Lincoln Theatre Royal for they were looking for kids to play the orphans and for someone to play Annie and I went did the audition I think we had to either sing the song will come out tomorrow or if we didn't know that sing happy birthday um and I remember like practicing them both in my bedroom like just in case <laughs> like belting out happy birthday practicing for an audition ended up getting that job <laughs> not that it was a job at the time of course to me <laughs> but yeah ended up getting that and then and that was a tour in the end right that was a tour yeah that was a um uk tour and literally never wanted to do anything else ever since is it true that when it came to spring awakening you wrote to pipperalian yeah. asking to be in wicked is that is that this true is so true this is like absolutely 100 percent true i think i remember hearing that yeah. 10 years ago and it's just like stuck in my brain yeah so i yes yeah, so i did annie and then just kind of went back to normal school because before that I was a normal kid had you know done like Saturday stagecoach all of that but never anything you know real at that point 
it was clear for me kind of what I wanted to do with my life. So just finished my like GCSEs or actually, no, I'd started my GCSEs and then um, kind of was, you know, that, that little itch of going like, I, I, I really know what I want to do with my life. So I want to pursue it. And so I sent some DVDs of me singing popular and the wizard and I <laughs> to Piperalian with a letter saying, hi, um, my name's Lucy. I absolutely love Wicked and musicals and I'd really love to be in Wicked and audition for Wicked and I'm 14 years old um, <laughs> and all of this, just like literally not a clue. Like I kind of, I did know how it worked, I guess, but not, I couldn't have done that much because I literally wrote to Pippa saying, hi, can I audition for Wicked at 14 years old? So, um, but they watched the DVDs and said, and I got this postcard back from Pippa saying, thank you so much. You're a bit young for Wicked, but we'll let you know, you know, we'll keep hold of your details. And if anything that you're right for comes up, then we'd love to get you in for an audition. So I was like, gutted obviously that I'm not going to be in Wicked but um damn you Adina <laughs> yeah d- stealing damn you, my Adina part and Kerry <laughs> stealing from a poor 14 year old yeah then like a year later I think I was 15 when I first started auditioning for Spring Awakening so did they get back in touch they with got that? back in touch yeah that's amazing like um, like unbelievable when I tell it's funny when I kind of like tell the story now it's kind of I mean, I was very lucky, like, let's be real, super lucky to get into the industry that way. That's like a one in a million chance, surely. Yeah, got a call saying, are you still interested in musical theatre? We're doing this auditions for this brand new show specifically for young people. You're actually age appropriate for this one. When auditioned, had like so many auditions for Spring Awakening, literally to the point where I had aged a whole year. I was 16 by the time I got the job. I think it was something like 11 auditions. But you must have thought that was normal. And I totally thought that was normal. I totally thought that was normal. And me and my mum or me and my dad or all three of us, if, you know, if my dad wasn't working, we'd, you know, get on the train to London and go for the day doing the audition, like then maybe see a show at night and then just, you know, go back home. So... Each one was definitely an event. Of course, the ups and downs, that like that that potential to think like, oh my gosh, this is a this is an absolute dream. So I remember, I remember those little trips to London were definitely very not stressful because I guess it's not stress at that age, but just the but your the, the desperation, the, yeah, yeah, that 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 passion, that more childlike passion. Obviously, yeah. I feel like my passion for it today is much more grounded. Whereas when you're that age, it's just kind of like. All or nothing, isn't it? Oh, I'm, oh, I'm literally, I'm gesticulating and knocking my bottle over. But it is like that when you, when you're a child, especially, and you just want something so much and it eats you up, oh, and yeah. you can't think of anything totally. else. Totally, totally, totally. I'm still kind of like that today. I guess I've just reined it in a little bit. <laughs> yeah, we just maybe we just get a little bit more cynical as we get older. Yeah, yeah. It just lasts for a shorter time. Yeah, like yeah, an yeah. hour of like, oh my god, and then yeah. you're over it. And then it's like, nah, 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 it's fine. It's gone. But yeah, 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 amazing. Like. Absolutely ridiculous. So you did that at the Lyric and Hammersmith? Yeah. That process of developing that show when it came over and then moving here to the Novello? Yeah. That must have been a whirlwind? Absolute whirlwind. Like, I can... It's weird. Like, that was ten years ago. Ten years! Can we just take a minute? Because I can't... I can't believe I've had, like, ten years of life. I know. I remember I literally turned 18 and came and saw it the week later. Oh, my God, that's amazing. And that is ten years ago. That's mad, isn't it? 
Like, look Makes what we're doing. Makes me feel a little bit sick. I know, right? <laughs> I know, it's mad. Yeah, it was, it was really, like, completely unreal. I remember walking through Covent Garden just in tears, the same way I did when I <laughs> was walking through Covent Garden, like, three weeks ago, knowing that I was coming to do this. Like, because it's, you know, it's so iconic, this part of London... Again, it brings back all those times when we would come to London as as I would when I was a kid and that absolute dream, like exactly what we were just saying. Um, higher, higher ambulance. Um, yeah, it's a... Uh, it does make you feel funny when you walk down the street that you walked down 10 years ago. Totally. Like in a different... 100%. ...place in life, Yeah, and, and as well, because the closing night for Spring Awakening in here was, you know, so much earlier than we all expected the final night I remember we all just kind of like ran around the building in absolute floods of tears and despair when when we got given our like two week notice and that that was such a I don't know I can't find the words like not grounding necessarily but it was such a like pointed moment in my life having that you know that we thought we were going to be on for another you know 10 months and we had literally two weeks and then that was it and that was like a real point in my life that I'm I'm so grateful of that event now because I think it's prepared me for a lot of the disappointments that this industry brings in you know in a massive way you kind of you kind of like it's kind of taught me not to expect not necessarily not to, not to expect too much but to not get too ahead of myself to kind of measure my you know excitement which it's kind of a good thing because then when something really amazing does happen, it's all the more exciting because you've not already like pre-lived it. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah, if it's that easy makes to sense. let that joy run away when you get a job. Totally. And think everything for the rest of my life is going to be amazing. Yeah. And then to hit that roadblock. Totally. Must, and yeah, especially the thing is, we talked about how the excitement is amazing when you're a kid. The end, the like imminent Dis- ending yeah, of that the must disappointment have been. Was- that bad and equal terms totally like in this industry like I always say the highs are super super high but the lows are super super low so it was yeah I had a huge mixture of all of those with Spring Awakening and it was what an what an incredible show incredible show like I, it's just unbelievable it also could not be more different to Mamma Mia <laughs> so uh, yeah I feel like I've definitely gone full circle but uh but yeah, still only only playing a role that's like three years older than my role in Spring Awakening. So uh, yeah, let's I mean, I take I'm that as a win. Aged the whole ten years, but yeah, it's yeah this building, yeah, is is like so many memories, so many you know ridiculous, amazing things. Because you were also young when that happened, did they have someone come in to like talk to you all about it and just help manage those feelings? I mean, I feel like that would happen in 2019, but maybe not in 2009. It didn't. It didn't happen. I think the thing that we were all very lucky with was we had, you know, a solid group of adults around us who we could speak to and who would offer us advice. We had Sean Thomas and Richard Cordery, who were the two adults, and they were... I mean, they must have been exhausted. All of those, like, teenagers, you know, running around, like, oh, my God, tell me all about the industry, teach me. They must have been absolutely exhausted, essentially, like, actors and therapists. I feel like, yes, it absolutely would probably happen in 2019, and it maybe should have happened for us. I've certainly had more difficult times in the industry. I had a couple of years that I really, really struggled, and I wouldn't say that, that it's directly as a result of you know the whole spring awakening post spring awakening experience 
um, I'd say it's just, you know, the industry in general is, is so difficult to deal with. And that's why I love the fact that, you know, I feel like there's a lot more support now. I also feel like we can talk to our peers more, whether that was just, a you know, my own hang up, which I'm sure we all have felt. You kind of go, oh, I didn't talk about it for years when I was feeling rubbish. But now I feel as if I can a little bit more. And I don't know if that's necessary to do with getting older as well, potentially. But yeah, it's, I certainly feel like that that is more available now, definitely. Post spring, what happened? You, you got two weeks and then were you thinking oh my god what do I do so I just like I just signed for my flat in London and I was like I really I really want to really want to stay in London I don't I'd not you kind of like how old were you at this point 17 right so I was 17 I'd like just turned 17 I think when we closed yes we closed on the 30th of May and I turned 17 in the April and uh had my like had my birthday party at a club in town at my 17th like that's totally illegal uh, it's totally underage um I won't name the club yeah in my life now I'm I literally I am planning for the next five to ten years like I feel like I've got to put, have to have a plan for everything but then that's maybe as a result of the fact that I just didn't have a, I didn't have a plan but I kind of didn't expect that I'd need to I guess and especially at that age obviously my mum and dad were amazing and they were like well you know if you want to pursue this as a career then you know you've got your I got an agent off the back of Spring Awakening and uh, and they were like well obviously you know you've got these auditions coming up and I think you should you know continue to live in London just get a little job like had a little flyering job for some bar in Soho like did um, I've literally done a million normal jobs so many so many so many so many jobs um and uh yeah I just did that for a while and then I got I can't remember what the next job that I got was I think it was a play I think it was one of the plays that I did at the National. I did really old, like, 45, which was the... Yeah, I think that was my first job after Spring Awakening. Yeah, and that was amazing. But again, I was so was so naive. I remember like my, my agent called up with the audition. She's like, oh, it's at the National Theatre. I was like, where's that? Like, that's shocking, isn't it? That's shocking. I don't think... Uh, 17. 17, though, right? Ago, no, I don't think I would have known. Do you know what I mean? I feel like there wasn't... I remember joining Twitter just as Spring Awakening was about to close. Like, that was a thing. And I, I, I learn loads off Twitter now. You can, I don't know, I just feel like the internet is more developed. You, there's more research. You and can find things. Totally, yeah, yeah totally. Um, I mean, yeah, it's kind of a crime that I didn't know where the National Theatre was, but I'll forgive myself that. It's funny, actually, <laughs> Spring Awakening sort of launched Twitter for a lot of... Certainly, like, I remember when I joined there was like a ticket deal or something wasn't but there they, on Twitter someone, someone was running the account from here and they were amazing and they tweeted loads of stuff and I think yeah. that was like I think that was why I signed up I think I remember that actually yeah I think I remember that there was a big yeah it had quite a big following yeah there was a there was a, it was kind of brand new because I it, think no point? one really knew what Twitter was for yeah so I totally. think then when Spring Awakening started doing stuff I was like okay this is what it's about okay great yeah perfect <laughs> yeah. my first tweet I remember my first tweet was like just been to see Marley and me at the cinema there's been loads of tears today lol like do, do you know what I mean like <laughs> so teenage like, so teenage <laughs> like so teenage but that film that there's loads of tears still yeah, can't watch it again can't watch it ever again ever <laughs> Sweeney came along. Yes, yeah, Sweeney to just came there, along. And then town. Unreal. I don't even know how to describe that, so I'll leave totally. that to you. It was, a, it was, what an amazing experience. Like, absolutely amazing experience. Again, one that, you know, in hindsight, I don't think we're ever ready for, you know, big 
not necessarily career defining moments, but they're you know they're a, they're a huge they're a huge deal at that point. It's, it's a massive production, and yeah, I I learned a lot on that, and I think I think maybe the things that you learn sometimes you don't properly learn until it's finished, until you've had time to digest it. I learned so much on that job again in a role that I never saw myself playing at all. Ne I never saw myself as that, but thankfully. The creative team were amazing and had like loads of singing lessons and vocal training and somehow ended up convincing everybody that I could sing soprano, which funnily enough now I really, really enjoy. And I think because of that, off the back of that, I really enjoy and have continued to work on that as well. So yeah, I think it's and it's also nice. You kind of see, I always think you see more of a, more progress in something that you're not necessarily like, naturally really talented at so I feel like I've seen loads of progress in my soprano so it's been like really rewarding but 2012 I feel like we all romanticized that year in oh my hindsight gosh. like 100% didn't you shut down for like a month yeah of the Olympics? yeah we I think we had like two or three weeks off I went to Mykonos on holiday <laughs> like bye <laughs> bye <laughs> again like ridiculous I absolutely should have stayed in London and totally immersed myself in the Olympics to be but... fair they were telling everyone to like avoid I think they were weren't they yeah but again, I can't tell my 19-year-old self off enough for maybe not immersing in that, you know, what was, I think, a real, like, real moment for London, especially. That whole year was just great. I mean, I can't, like, how long ago that was that now? Like, seven years seven ago? Seven years. How is that seven years ago? I remember walking through, like, walking through London, obviously, to work there, and it just this absolute buzz, wasn't it? It was... Mad. Everything felt like it was okay. Yeah, right. And now, <laughs> can we just can we go back? You to look there? back and you think, oh, it's just all rainbows and those are the days. sunshine. And now we're all just like, oh, when oh will gosh, it end? I know, right? I know. <laughs> you worked with um, Michael Bourne and Melda Staunton, obviously up there. Yeah. Who were your like big inspirations? Oh, big inspirations. I guess just I would say generally the jobbing actors that I have worked with, the people that are the heart and soul of this industry, which are the people that you don't necessarily know their names, but they have gone from job to job to job, covering and working their way up and, you know, doing the shows that aren't necessarily a massive success or, you know, being part of something that's, you know, hugely successful or all of those people, like casts in general, who are supportive and especially for the first... Not that I'm saying I know what I'm doing now, because I certainly don't think I 100% do and probably never will, but certainly the first, I'd say, a good you know, five or six years of my career, I was totally like bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, and so many people in that time you know, really helped to guide me and helped me to learn and to, you know, if I did make mistakes, would you know, very kindly explain you know, how to be better next time and you know, things like that. And generally the, the casts that I've worked with I've been really really lucky I mean I loved working with Sarah the first year of this uh, the first year of the UK tour was with Sarah Poiso who plays Donna so that for me is you know she's massive inspiration to me how she does that every night and has done for like seven years is it's amazing and learnt so much off Sarah just the, her discipline and her you know the way that she the way that she is so professional, so dedicated to this job, and you know, you learn so much. So to be doing that with Sarah again now, you know, as a pal, is 
amazing. So, yeah, my my peers for sure are my biggest inspirations. The people who work at this industry that is so hard, you know, day in day out, definitely. That's a really good answer. Great answer. Um, I thought of that on the spot as well. I'm really proud of that. <laughs> Ten. Um, I always ask people if there's a, a revival that they'd love to be in, like if they could pick any show. Because loads of people are like, oh, I want to originate. You were really lucky that originating was your first thing. Yeah. So I guess I just want to know what your aspiration is in terms of more origination, more if that's a word, more... I'm going to go with it's a word. Yeah. Is there a show that comes to mind that is like the cherry on the top for you? I think for me, because of, the, because of it was, you know, you know, me sending a DVD of me singing popular, I'd love to play Glinda in Wicked. That's like, I would love to play that role. It's like a, you know, massive, massive, like snuggly feeling because I grew up with all of that and that was my, you know, like... It's my main focus, really. The big shows like that, like I'd love to, to play like Fontaine in Les Mis. It always used to be Eponine, but I feel like I've slightly moved up an age bracket now, so I have to say Fontaine. Um, I think you like, could still do Eponine. Still, still do Eponine, maybe. Uh, get some dirt on my face. All of those like classic roles, I think because I grew, I'm, I'm very much a musical theatre kid and always will be. And yes, I think originating is brilliant and I, I love that the creative element of that and I definitely would love to do some of that but all the classics get me in all the classics please everyone thank you very much <laughs> this has been so fun oh thank you I so feel much. like we it's could just cracking. carry on I know I literally want to carry on for another three and a half hours chatting about musicals buzzing <laughs> sadly you have to go and do a show I do I'm gonna have to go and warm up but at least it's a good one really good one my favorite thank you ever so much for having me thank you so much for having me Mamma Mia is currently booking at the Novello Theatre in the West End until September this year. They're currently running a £20 lottery through Todaytix for the whole of April as part of their anniversary celebrations. Next time on the podcast, we're going backstage with Summer Strallen. She's just opened in a play at Park Theatre called Intramuros. Make sure you subscribe if you don't want to miss that, and I'd love it if you could leave a rating and a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.